1: i don't remember a time where he wasn't old though no.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i agree
1: welcome to sincast presented by cinema
3: Alright everybody, welcome to the Sincast, this is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. (laughs) Hello! And from Music Video Sims, Barrett
1: Share. Boom shakalaka, boom shakalaka.
3: Alright, alright. Been a while since anybody has yelled out, uh, yelled out loud about something. So uh, anybody got a rant?
2: I feel like I'm taking crazy pills.
0: I'm as mad as hell. You've never seen me very upset.
1: Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus.
2: I'm tired of the goddamn technology invading my goddamn restaurant experience. Mm. Oh. Especially when, in one particular new form, you're just, you're just, you're just, you're just, you're just harvesting. You're just harvesting. Mm-hmm. There's a restaurant that we've been to, the three of us. And this, they take your phone number mm-hmm. when you order your food. And you're like, well, this is awkward. I usually just decline when somebody behind a cash register asks for my phone number. It's uh, not a big place. No, not, It's
1: not like a cheesecake factory
2: yeah. where you
1: get lost down the hall and no, stuff like it's that. No, this is a
2: very small restaurant. Yes. But the, the purpose is that when your food is ready, they will text you. Mm-hmm. Now, they will also set that food on a counter that is no more than 10 feet from where you were seated mm-hmm. seated at a table. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can, they could not only just yell out, Jamie, your fucking food's ready, but mm-hmm. you could probably just see, but they want my phone number. And you know what? What's the over under on how long it takes before I start getting marketing texts from I've this. I've already gotten them. This, yeah. yeah. So there's another restaurant my wife and I went to, uh, it's a national chain. I'm not going to say which one because, uh, I'm ashamed, but... uh, Cheesecake factory? They also, no. But they also asked for our phone number when we walked in. When you walked in? Yes. And I thought, this is very strange. Hmm. The other new thing that I've seen, two different restaurants now, no longer even have fucking menus. Yeah. They have a QR code on the table, and I'm expected to scan that shit and pull up the menu digitally on my tiny-ass phone! (laughs) Now, look, I realize you probably want to save money on paper menus, Mm, plastic mm, menus mm, I don't know. Never really seemed to be a huge problem before. Like, never heard anybody be like, the worst thing about the restaurant industry is I have to buy menus every two days because they keep getting tore up Doesn't happen. But, here you have a national chain that's like, we're not gonna do menus anymore, we're gonna digitize it And I'm sure they saved a buttload of money But here's the thing Not everybody has a smartphone, even though It feels like they do. That's true. Not everybody's smartphone has a QR QR code app. Not everybody's smartphone camera can do QR codes, Mm -hmm. right? Mine can, but my previous model of phone, I had to have a separate app from the camera just to do QR codes. Mm -hmm. QR codes are all so stupid, and I hate everything about them. Mm -hmm. And this is only going to serve to keep them alive longer than necessary. And also, I don't do so good with up-close vision. I'm old now. And I can't view your fucking menu on my phone without pinching and zooming a million times. Whereas I could just pop on some eyeglasses and read your fucking menu. I will say that all of what you just
3: said is valid. But no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, had,
3: I did hear that when the first time I went to a restaurant that had a QR code menu thing, and I can't remember which one this was, they told me it was because of pandemic stuff. That they didn't want to keep circulating menus that had everybody's hands all over them. Um, Now, that may have been a bald-faced lie for them to just go ahead and start, uh, you know, taking all the data from your phone (laughs) shit like that. (laughs) But uh, that sounded reasonable to me. I don't know if that means that they're going to stop doing menus forever. I suppose you're right. But you're right. Looking at, why can't the menu just be around like on a wall or something. Why or- can't
2: you take the QR code sticker you just stuck on my table and make that the fucking menu? Yeah, exactly. Just put, put the menu on my table. That's true. That's true.
1: Yeah, or have a fucking chalkboard like they do at the, you know the 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 hipster
2: I will admit, the more egregious offense is taking your phone number when you order food mm. because those fuckers down the street did not they don't need that food delivery system.
1: Yo, if if you have a large bar area that's separate from the restaurant where people go and hang out as they're waiting if there's a wait or something like that and you want to text them when their food is ready or when their table is ready that's one thing the place that we went to you could you could whisper
2: jeremy well, the, your food the other is ready. thing is <laughs> you be second, like okay there it is the second place we went they took our number we sat down and then they texted us when our table was ready Hmm. You know, they used to do that with fucking pagers. Right, mm-hmm, right. And if it's if it's pandemic, we don't want you to touch a pager. Why are you still giving me fucking silverware and cups? Is it safe to be in here at all if I can't <laughs> touch a pager? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm done. My rant is over. Exactly.
3: <clears throat> no, it's a good one. Um, uh, Because, yeah, I mean, it, it, that, I've been hearing a lot about things that all sorts of businesses have started doing because of the pandemic that really just kind of – I was watching a video randomly – the other day of like, uh, scams in Vegas, don't file for this or whatever. And I'm like, God, I hope I didn't fall for any of these, (laughs) but no, the, uh, the guy's going through all this stuff and he's like, uh, he's like now all of a sudden restaurants have started to charge, uh, convenience fees or restaurant fees or location fees or something like that Hmm. as a hidden thing that they don't tell you about before you get your bill, and it's like and it's like they're all doing this right now to try to sort of get back a lot of that money they lost during the pandemic but they won't tell you about it it's like he said you want to go in the restaurant you want to be inquisitive and you know and be like do you have these kind of fees or whatever because i don't know how how much a fee would be to go to a restaurant you know they were if you went to sit
1: in the restaurant like there's there's fees in the restaurant not even just for takeout they get your
3: bill when they get your bill you get a It's just a standard whatever fee, like the phone company would throw on.
2: Interesting.
3: Um, I didn't know about this. I saw this on a video, and for all I know, he was wrong. But I don't know why you'd lie about that.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's like when you get your Comcast bill, and there's like thirteen dollars administrative fees. mm -hmm. What the fuck is that? I never (laughs) signed for that.
3: Right. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I could I could understand. You know, when you order Grubhub or Uber Eats or something like Mm -hmm. that, there's always the restaurant fee then the delivery fee yeah. then the tax and then the tip and i've kind of accepted that that's just the mm. way it goes for convenience but if you're at the restaurant and they're just either bringing the food or you're picking up the food fuck about and they that, don't man.
3: they don't tell you about it either yeah, that's that's bullshit, um, bullshit. i'm gonna I, i'm gonna i'm gonna rant about sports there's this thing i don't know i i think i used to be kind of a curmudgeon about uh you know people celebrating and stuff like that in baseball like i always felt like whenever somebody admired a home run they were they were sort of when they would when they'd stand there they were trying to add extra pain by just kind of being like look at how badass i am and how shitty you are this ball's flying up into the stands and everything and over time, it's like, okay, now I I, I kind of get it, okay? You hit a ball that just is majestic. Don't you want to see it? Yeah. <laughs> Don't you want to see it go as far as it goes instead of like, you know, I was taught at an early age, you hit the ball and, you know, act like you've been there before, put your <laughs> yep. head down, run, run like it's going to be a double or something, you know, if they hit a ball they know they got, I can, I can see wanting to just kind of kind of take a look at that because yeah. everybody else is. And uh but anyway this actually doesn't have anything to do with like admiring homers it's just ce- celebrations in any kind of game when you're when your team has done something that is you know yeah we got we you know let's go to the dugout or what's uh, you know we've won the game awesome there was one over the weekend chris archer uh was uh, pitching for the for the mets and uh, against the pirates and he had a a, a sort of i don't know think it was think it was a prolonged at bat but it, there were some pitches, I think, got missed, and he thought he struck the guy out and all that. And then finally, the guy hits it and lines out. And Chris Archer's like, yeah, jumps up and down, and why wouldn't you, right? Mm-hmm. And this guy took a, took offense to that. Mm. And they started getting into this whole, like, shouting more words. Baseball's gotten to this point. It has been this way for a really long time now. I guess they think that bench-clearing brawls help the game in some way. But there's
1: nothing ever comes.
3: Nothing ever happens. There's only like, I think, three brawls in the history of, of, of baseball that have ever had landed punches or anything like that. I would advise you to find the 1984 Braves Padres bench-clearing
1: brawls. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're the best. That uh, one <laughs> in the Nolan Ryan-Robin uh, Young, right? Robin Ventura. Robin Ventura. I yeah. like he the just one. just fucking wails on yeah, him. Yeah, I like
2: the one. Was it Pedro who just popped the little bald man? Oh, yeah, Don oh, Zimmer. Yeah, Don Zimmer. Zimmer. Oh, that
1: was awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah, Don Zimmer came up and,
3: oh, no, this is terrible. <laughs>
1: His hat flies off. He does a summer Oh, my God. Everybody was, awesome. everybody was worried that guy was
3: going to die. he uh, 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 he, he barely touched yeah (laughs) i used to be this way though i used to i used to like it it always sucks when your team has done something and it's and the the other team has done made some devastating blow in the game and and then they're like cheering and all that and you're like fuck you but exactly but you would do the same thing that's Mm -hmm. that's
1: the beauty of sports of of doing the same at home and then saying fuck you to the other team right 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 right.
3: and i I, for a while there i thought there was only one end game to this was that you were trying to show somebody up no it's not that it's that you were excited that you did something amazing and and baseball has been in this rut for a really long time where they just don't there's too many people who are not allowing people to have fun and everything and there's too much uh, like anger like Jose Bautista hit that home run in the uh playoffs a few years ago where dude just got just went crazy after because Bautista just like he he that's the most admired bat throwing home run I've oh, ever yeah. seen in my life. It's, I thought it was awesome. It's, oh, it's the best. It's one of the best <laughs> It's one of the best baseball videos you can ever find. But then they got into a big huge brawl over it and and it's and it's just like you know, I mean, considering what had happened and won't get into all the story, but considering what had happened in the previous half inning and leading up to that, everybody would have done that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I don't understand if 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 baseball isn't ever going to ha- if you're not going to let baseball players fight or they'll get suspended or whatever, then stop the bench clearing brawls. Hockey did that a long time ago. If you yep. got off the bench, you're suspended. Mm-hmm. And we'll let these other guys fight if they want to. Yep. And they'll just get take their penalties and and move on. But like you know, they need to do that with baseball because the bench clearing brawl nobody gives a shit about mm-hmm. the brawl because it's all people like hold me back, bro, hold me back. Yeah, just let the people it's a celebrate. waste of
1: fucking time.
3: Just let p- people celebrate. It, do- it, it it doesn't matter anymore. Okay, just just let Did it happen. you see
2: uh Aaron Judge when he hit that home run against Houston? Yeah, and he rounded third and like tugged his shirt the way. Uh, Altuve, Cunyan, Altuve, Altuve uh, did when he had the mic on oh yeah when <laughs> he was like trying to tell his teammates don't take my shirt off because he'll reveal that I got this microphone <laughs> <on."> <laughs> and so judge hit a home run and did the same kind of tug around third base and the Astros got all butthurt about it for as far as I'm concerned the Astros are fair game to make fun of for mm. all of time mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> baseball is weird about
1: this man uh, hey, hockey it has a little bit of this. Like there was a, when Ovechkin used to really do his crazy celebrations when he would score. There was a there was some blowback to that, and like you know, some people wanted to hit him extra hard. But like you look at basketball, when the uh, the series will be over by the time this comes out. But the the Suns and the Bucks, uh, Giannis Atintakupo made in the last couple of games have made otherworldly plays Mm -hmm. uh and at the end of uh, the the most recent game game five uh, as we record this he took this ridiculous alley-oop i don't know if you saw this he took this ridiculous alley-oop in like the waning seconds of the game and just did something that maybe two people on the planet could do Mm -hmm. he was up like with his his chin over the the rim Mm -hmm. and got it in and he turned to the camera not to the other players or anything like that. Turn to the cameras and fucking flex. Now, that guy has muscles on muscle. Yeah. He's like Bane, basically, right? <laughs> uh, he's the Greek version of Bane. Uh, and he flexed, and it was awesome. <laughs> it was fucking rad, man. Mm-hmm. Now, back in the day, you saw people flexing in each other's face. You saw Matumbo doing the, the yeah. finger wag right mm-hmm. in somebody's face. It's a little bit of a dick move. I loved it. Mm-hmm. It's good TV, but I it, it's a dick move flexing and and getting the crowd in there and like really pumping yourself up and your teammates up same thing with football really american football where you're not allowed to like you know show up the receiver if you've got an interception mm-hmm. or the other way around i don't know though. but you can jump <clears throat> around with your teammates and fucking just go nuts that's good tv and that's natural celebration you should be able For to, to do a that
2: touchdown the problem with football is that these fools want to celebrate a three-yard gain that gets a first down by standing up and making the most dramatic point to the other end zone like I just fucking saved Jesus' life. Now you're sounding like an old man. <laughs> no, that is dumb. It wastes fucking time. What it are you does. proud of? Five yards? Well, the, the, get back well, on the I, line. I agree. There's some
3: parts where it doesn't make any sense. There was a game. Weren't The the Raiders were like 0-10 one year, and they they started beating. They beat some team they shouldn't have beat. Um, but there was a drive at the end of that game where the Raiders had like the Raiders are, you know, it's like, I don't know about the 40 yard line or so Raiders get a sack and there's very little time. The offense is going to have to line up pretty quickly. And the they're the, the two guys, the oh, two guys this. who made yes. the sack are doing all this, like, yep. like, you know, low fives, high fives, yep. yep. dancing around. And it's like uh guys mm. do you know what the game
2: situation didn't is? they snap it and they got an offside no they got back on. Yeah. people need to be more like marvin harrison you do something shoot people at a car <laughs> wash you say. drop the gun and you walk calmly away I was about to say. <laughs> he acted like he had been
3: there before <laughs> mm-hmm. that's right the brave the braves had been on on a couple of these one i i i was i was with my team on the other one, I wasn't. The, the, the there's, there's two famous Brian McCann uh, yelling at the batter as he rounds the bases. Uh, and, and, uh, and the fielders are doing it, too. But there was one where I think it was Carlos Gomez who's playing for the Brewers was trying to hit a home run because this guy, this one pitcher that was on the mound had hit him, and it was cl- clearly not on purpose. But hmm. this guy was just like, I'm going to hit a home run and by fucking fate this guy hits a home run it couldn't have been more maddening to see a guy up there obviously wanting to swing for the fences and yet you just threw one right down the middle for him to do that very thing and uh, and 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 he just looked at the pitcher all the way that was a clear showing up type of thing and i was pissed off i was happy that brian mccann yelled at him and everything but then jose fernandez who unfortunately died at a very young age
1: oh yeah um there
3: was there was a game where evan gaddis hit a home run that was just like admire that kind of home run and jose fernandez got a little miffed at it uh, when when he did that so when jose fernandez got up and he hit a home run it was his first home run that he'd ever hit and he admired it Mm -hmm. just like evan gaddis did and everybody on the Brave was like, oh, oh, you know, like, dude, you know, umbrage. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, uh, whoa, differences. Whoa, differences. <laughs> that's that's going to be our new catchphrase. That's right. And, uh, and, uh, in, and it became this whole thing where it was like, Oh, you know, like even the Marlins manager was like, oh, I'll have to talk to the kid because that's not how you do things. It's like the fucking Braves guy did the things, uh, yeah. same thing. Yeah. Yeah. He yep. did the same thing. Uh, and and uh, and and when he hit his, which was clearly gone when he hit it, you should be
2: able to admire that. That's your first home this run. This is a yeah, microcosm man. of American politics, mm-hmm. right? Uh, a Democratic leader says something that contradicts what he said before and all the republicans are like oh he, he flip-flopped but if it happens on the other side the democrats are like oh he flip-flopped nobody mm-hmm. cares mm-hmm. Nope. nobody cares they just keep accusing each other of the same shit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they keep doing the same shit both mm-hmm. people both people admired the home run nobody did anything wrong in that scenario yeah mm-hmm. yeah yep.
1: yep. and plus when they started throwing at each other that that, that shit gets real because mm-hmm. uh, that can get away from you and move from the shoulder up to the fucking head
2: mm-hmm. didn't some guy just take a line drive to the face and have to go to the hospital
1: Mm, fairly recently i remember
2: uh yeah it it has happened but
3: i don't remember i don't remember if it's happened in the past couple weeks or anything but
1: all uh, right well i i've got a quick one and it's about algorithms Mm -hmm. oh yeah right right so i've i've long had the issue of you watch one youtube video and then all of a sudden all my suggested videos are the exact same thing uh for an outtake i looked up a uh uh David S. Pumpkin's skit, which is 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 just one of my favorites ever. You can take so many different selections from that clip. I love it. Um and but all of a sudden every fucking suggested video was SNL, greatest sketches of all time. Bill Hader breaks character. Mm. Jimmy Fallon fucks a pig and mm. shit like mm-hmm. that. And I'm like <clears throat> I don't I, I I've I've watched other things too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, sprinkle that in sure but it, it's it's all that now that's not a terrible thing because if you're watching a cinema sense video a lot of cinema sense videos come up and that's that's pleasant mm-hmm. we, you mm-hmm. should totally mm-hmm. click through on mm-hmm. those. um but youtube be youtube not all that uh upset about it uh netflix is a little hit and miss about uh what they recommend after you've had your selection of uh, of stuff Usually, all right. Like, uh, we think you'd like this. All uh, right. You know, most of them are things I've already watched. Tell you who uh, runs amok, though, is Amazon. Mm. Amazon Prime. You watch, uh, watch one movie out of, you know, 40 that you've watched on Amazon Prime. They're going to recommend only that movie. So, for example, I wanted to watch Porky's. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, if you've never seen Porky's, it was the quintessential horny teenager uh it's set i think in the 60s 50 60s something like that mm. uh but it came out in the early 80s um and it was famous for having a very inappropriate peeping shower scene
3: yep and then it, all 80s movies then had a peeping something
1: indeed yes, yes. <laughs> now porkies i remember after watching it uh, all the way through when i was an adult it's like saturday night fever everybody thinks saturday night fever is all about disco and happiness and all that stuff no it's about staying alive on the streets of of new york in the 70s and that shit wasn't all that pleasant there's abortion there's drugs there's death there's all kinds of crazy shit
3: Um, how you makes abortion in the middle of well (laughs) no it's it's it's
1: heavier themes than you think of when you think of saturday night fever same Mm -hmm. thing with porky's Porky's uh, is a lot of racism, a lot of homophobia, a lot of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, authoritarianism. It's weird. Uh, but everybody only remembers that thing. So I watch I Porky's. I watched some of Porky's. Didn't even watch the whole thing. Watched the shower scene. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I turned it off. And I, I've watched other things, The Boys, uh, you know, a few other um, uh, Amazon things. All of a sudden I go, you may like this. Scroll down to that thing, and it's Revenge of the Nerds, Gas Pump Girls, uh, Mm. Where the Boys Are, Mm -hmm. Hard Bodies, Loose Screws, Can't Buy Me Love, Porky's Revenge, Mm -hmm. Private Resort, and on and on and on and on. It's all horny-ass teenage 80s comedies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, I've watched also Portrait of a Lady on Fire. (laughs) (laughs) I've watched like The Talented Mr Ripley and Manchester by the Sea like it's not all horny shit mm-hmm. like uh but just because I I dared to dip my toe in the porky water everybody's like well you must want ski school <laughs> this
2: is just like porn you watch one Bondage latex porn video, <laughs> and then that's all that shit's gonna serve you. You got a very good point for the rest of
1: your. <laughs> you have got a very good point. All of a sudden, well, yeah.
2: you obviously you love, love that shit. Yes. You got off to this last time. Let's fill the whole page with it. I, I'm <clears> wondering,
3: and, and you're right about that. And it's uh, it's the same. It's it's you know what I was talking about with the YouTube thing a couple weeks ago or whatever. <laughs> uh, you know it. I think the the issue with that particular movie is that probably everybody else, like most of the people who have watched Porky's want to see the same type of movies
1: after that that algorithm is working for everybody but barrett (laughs) so so (laughs) to my credit i have seen many of those movies that were already recommended including (laughs) ski school which you just watched sure
3: sure i'm just saying that uh i think that's what what goes into it is and it may be the same thing for the youtube one uh, is just that you if you watch this movie, they've got the data that says you are likely mm-hmm. to watch these other ones more than you are to watch more stuff like
1: Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Yeah, or yeah, yeah.
3: Um, so um, that's that's my two cents about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just wish they would. Uh, you know, like like Netflix, I feel like Netflix does a decent job of this, of like taking the total of your viewing, uh, and saying you know. And they've got that match system, right? Like, you click on something, 98% match of what we think you would like. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how reliable that algorithm is either, but, uh, you know, it, it, it seems like it points you in the right direction. Amazon Prime, not so much. Not that I wouldn't watch Hard Bodies mm-hmm. or Private Resort yeah, uh, or Ski School can't or, buy me love. or Can't Buy Me Love.
3: Which, or, you know, that's a weird one to throw in the middle of all that because w- that's not— Which one? can't buy me love that's not that's true that's, that's not true. that's not a horny 80s comedy that's no true. but it was
2: it, it was in the i mean it was horny it just was not it's not like those other movies right all, right but. right <laughs>
1: so yeah i yeah, get you get your shit together amazon get your boy back from space and put him on the ground and have him fix my algorithm
3: yes um all right does anyone have any recommends and warns yeah
2: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: Coats amaze balls. They're great.
2: It won I, the Academy Award. Oh, for what? For best movie
3: ever made.
2: Recommends and warns. Yep.
3: Um, I went to the Bell Court nice. for the first time in like three or four weeks uh, I, I, since the pandemic, but yeah, three or four weeks ago I went there. Uh, They were playing Zola which is a movie that, mm. that i was very interested in from, riley keogh yep riley keogh is in this movie oh. and is this the one that's based
1: on the tweet yes. storm it's yes. on the
3: tweet storm uh from someone i think that's like at zola or at some you know whatever but taylor page is in it from My rainey's black bottom oh nice uh she's she plays zola riley keogh oh. is the uh is the other chick that she's with and everything i'm uh i'm gonna warn this movie though
1: oh really i think
3: look i i there's no doubt that there's gonna be people who like this movie i think maybe possibly my own expectations for how wild this story is that she's about to tell probably ruined this for me Mm. when we we i've seen a million movies i've seen a lot of weird fucked up stories (laughs) um this story basically she's a she's a she's a dancer stripper whatever um and she runs into this this girl riley keogh plays stefani or stephanie um and um and uh they become like bffs immediately and a day later uh riley keogh is texting her we should go to florida and we should do this and that for three thousand dollars and it's like just dance for people that's what she thinks so a day after she's met this girl she's going down to florida that is a wild story for sure this story is wilder than anything that i've ever done so i can't really <laughs> judge right right it's just that i've seen so many stories that, i mean if you watch spring breakers or yeah uh you know these type of movies it's like all right yeah. All right. I mean, I've seen this kind of thing before. She finds out. Okay, the making the money is uh, is not really for the dancing. It's going to be for ha- having sex with strangers later. Um, and uh, and so the whole movie basically, like the the sort of the turning point of this movie is that uh, Stefani ends up uh, having sex with these guys, and it's and the, her pimp is like uh, doing this for like fifty dollars or some crap or whatever. This is how much she's charging and zola is like pussy is thousands of dollars man it's worth thousands it's not worth just hundreds or whatever and it's like maybe three hundred dollars maybe not 50 but 300 so she takes it over basically and, and starts charging all these dudes thousands of dollars but she doesn't get in it in on it at all it's just it's just stefani doing it the whole time mm. And there's, there are some twists and turns with people that they meet. The Stefani has this boyfriend who like stupidly starts uh, talking to this dude, uh, and befriending him and telling him things about their, what they're doing down in Florida and everything. And, and it's and it. And there's some just that, like, there's a couple of twists and turns here and yeah, there's some crazy things here and there, but I've seen so much crazier i've seen so much crazy
1: you've seen too much
3: i've seen too much yeah so watching this i wasn't i i mean these the performances are fine i just didn't get into it i wasn't Mm. into the vibe of this movie whatsoever um and uh and and i may not be the right audience for this movie we're totally totally admit that but i i also felt like this was a story that was so wild, so out
1: there. That's how it's marketed, too, right? That,
3: oh, my God, you won't believe. Your jaw will drop at all the stuff that happens. And I was like, eh, I've seen, I've seen Hangover. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've seen, <laughs> seen Spring Breakers. I've seen Spring Breakers. I've seen, you know, I mean, none of this, none of this is new. So um Ooh. so I'm warning Zola Zola's got a 6.9 on the IMDb and I'm sure it's like got a 95 or something on Rotten Tomatoes.
1: 88. Yeah, close.
3: Um I disagree.
1: All right. All right. Mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. Strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the the whole marketing, man. The whole marketing is this is the craziest story you've ever. This is A24, yeah. right? That really leapt on this mm-hmm. uh as soon as they saw the uh the, the 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 thread
3: and there's a point where in the trailer it says now watch every move this bitch makes and it's like what what moves mm. at <laughs> the by the end of the movie I was like what what moves and there, the the by the end of the movie it, it, I was sitting there going oh well this is where it really gets crazy right <laughs> and it's the end of the movie
1: ah nice <laughs> nice
3: this is nice. the way it went for me so nice. um. Yeah, I was so so expecting more, and I don't know what I'm missing from this that everybody else is seeing. Hmm.
1: Did your uh, did your buds like it?
3: Uh, I watched this by myself.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Uh, it's also got Coleman Domingo in there, also from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom.
2: Mmm.
1: Mm. Mm. Yeah, A reunion there. Did uh, did Taylor Page play Ma's girlfriend assistant? Yes. Okay.
3: Yes, the one that uh, Chadwick Boseman fucks in the like. Uh, in the well, I don't know it's the there's a point where they're alone. Or yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're knocking on the door yeah. and they're like, "Hey, stop fucking! Stop fucking! <laughs> hey, buddy! Hey, stop <laughs> fucking buddy. dicks and fucks!" <laughs> yep.
2: I will recommend a 2012 movie I never got around to seeing that you've probably all seen and loved called Robot and Frank. I, I have am not, not aware it. of this. I've not seen it. Oh, it's so charming. Uh, it's Frank Langella, um, playing Frank. Um, probably easy for him
1: be funny if he was playing robot it would be funny
2: (laughs) um james marsden is his son um and uh, langella's got some dementia issues and he doesn't um want to admit them on the surface this is a very familiar setup um but the sci-fi element is that he gets a helper robot to come and live with his dad frank um, and it can do things like wash the dishes, um, have conversations with him. It's a smart robot. Um, <clears throat> it's basically like a robotic nurse, a housekeeper. Mm. And Frank is mad. He's, of course, like if you've ever known anybody who's in dementia, they, they some of the anger comes from the confusion. Some of the anger comes from not wanting to admit what's happening to their brain. So he resents this robot. He's mean to it. He keeps cussing it and telling it uh, untoward things. Frank, as it so happens, is a retired cat burglar. Huh. <clears throat> and slowly over time, uh, as you might expect, the robot starts to win him over. Um, and it's kind of an odd couple scenario. Um, and I think it would have worked just fine with the the sci-fi conceit under the family dementia dilemma. But it goes another level when he starts teaching the robot how to be a thief and how to be a cat burglar. And then he recruits the robot to be his helper and he starts cat burglaring again. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things this movie does really well that I was surprised by um, reminded me of that The Father, Anthony Hopkins movie you watched recently where they play tricks on the audience a couple times in terms of his dementia. Um, And I really don't normally... I probably say too much about these movies, but I really don't want to spoil what that means or where this story goes. He's got a daughter who doesn't think the robot is good for him, even though the son does. Um, I was just really charmed and captivated. Uh, Really good performance from Frank Langella. Um, And uh, it ended in a way that I felt was perfect. So there you go. Hmm. Robot and Frank. All right. I'm trying to think of tone-wise what I would compare it to. It's more like Stranger Than Fiction than it is like, uh, like the Father or like a, a serious drama. Is
3: it like The Beaver in any way or mm, something like that?
2: A little bit, yeah. It's, Lars
3: and the Real Girl.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a playful uh, drama. There's mm-hmm. there's real issues there, uh, but it's a fun movie. I think you're gonna have fun with it. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right, nice. Is it Frank Langella or Langella? Probably the one I didn't say.
1: <clears throat> I actually don't know, but I. I kind of feel like he's had an overlooked career. He's great. Mm -hmm. He's been great in just about... He was terrific in Frost Nixon. Mm -hmm. Maybe his best role. Uh, He's great in Dave. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't remember a time... Where he wasn't old though. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I agree. I don't, like like you
1: see Peter O'Toole in Lawrence of Arabia or something like that. Yeah. Like, you know he was a young man mm-hmm. and, and you know, see Brando in, in streetcar, like on the waterfront. But like I don't remember like an early Franklin Keller production where yeah. I'm like, Oh yeah, that was him back as a young he was probably on like Dark Shadows or something like he that. Was. But like Yeah, I, I feel like he's had Almost everything, he's great in Ch- uh, Trial of the Chicago 7 <clears throat> uh, with a very, you know, uh, unseemly role.
2: He makes a great racist.
1: He, he makes does, a great racist, that Frank. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I I feel like, you know, he's he's been underrated. He does have kind of a type that he plays. Yep. But his Nixon, I think his Nixon was the best Nixon portrayed that I've ever
2: seen. I think it is. It's better. It's not it's a than Hopkins. Yeah, it's not
1: a caricature.
2: No, he's playing him straight. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's not doing a an impression.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's easy to. Kind
3: of interesting. He he doesn't have any big movies uh, in the start of his career. And I'm trying to. I'm looking at his. What's the, I mean, Masters of the Universe. Oh, he was oh, Skeletor. Wow. He was fucking rad in that. Yeah. Which he was almost fifty by the time that came out. <laughs> so so that's what i'm that's what you're saying (laughs) is that you know he didn't really get you know into the consciousness of casting directors like dave is the first one that i see here all the body of evidence is in here too and uh 1492 conquest of paradise
1: oh Um, that was i remember really liking that movie when i was 12 but he
3: really takes off i think after dave and and yeah so once he takes off yeah, he's already in his fifties yeah. and sixties by the And time. he yeah, you know, he's
1: had white grey hair the entire time. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, you know, he's he's that's it, the young Buck Frank right there. Yeah. He's probably like a fucking IT consultant <laughs> until he got into Hollywood. Mm-hmm. But he's got a nice little nest egg now. Oh I'm sure he's doing all right. Frankie. Yeah. Frankie L He
3: was um he either dated or was married to Whoopi Goldberg at one yep.
2: point. Seriously? Yep. Oh nice. Nice. I obviously don't. Well, care. she's run
1: out of dudes. She went through Ted Danson and Franklin
2: Children's. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, those are the only two men alive. Mm-hmm. She probably fucked Patrick Swayze back in Probably the ghost did. Days. Probably did.
2: And Patrick Stewart. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And Patrick They're Stewart. They're the next yeah. generation. They like, did it on the Captain's Day. Like, I, I want to you. look up Mookie uh, <laughs> Goldberg's... Call me Guinan. <laughs> <laughs> One night in Guinan. Yeah. <laughs> One night in Guinan.
1: There's a tape somewhere than yeah. Ted Danson's <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Patrick
3: Stewart fucking go <laughs> And Ted Dance. Okay. <laughs> Move to the right. <laughs> Engage.
2: Come. And then when they're done, it's tea, little gray hawk.
1: Mm-hmm, that's right. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, I have a great recommend, a fun recommend that I did not expect to like. Mm-hmm. just came out on Netflix fairly recently. Gunpowder Milkshake. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Karen Gillan is uh-huh. the titular, uh, well, actually, she's not titular because that's not her name. Her name is <laughs> Sam. Uh, she is the uh, assassin with the heart of gold Oh, uh, in this. We've seen it. We've seen it in Atomic Blonde. We've seen it in uh, Peppermint. We've seen it in John Wick three times. Professional. We've seen it in the professional. This very much reminds me of all of those of the professional. Mm. Um with a twist. Um but we've we've seen these. Uh the one that uh uh Chica Taraji B. Henson was in, Miss uh Miss Understood, Miss uh Miss Independent, uh Miss Bola, Miss uh Ma? No, that was <laughs> Octavia Spencer. Oh, <laughs> The so Raji P. Henson was in one of these.
3: Yeah,
2: look it up. Right? Oh, um, uh, misconstrued. Miscongeniality? <laughs> Mist- I know what you're talking about. It's independent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Miscarriage of justice.
3: Uh, let's see.
1: <laughs>
2: Mischievous. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a great stripper name. <laughs> mischievous, <laughs> mischievous. Oh uh,
3: Jesus Christ! I, I mean, unless it's coffee and Kareem.
2: No, no, no! I got it. Let's see, I don't, Maybe it's not Taraji P. Henson.
3: I don't see the the movie poster that's like Taraji P. Henson blowing people away.
1: It is Proud Mary.
2: Uh. Proud Miss Mary, Miss Proud Mary, <laughs> Miss Independent. It's,
1: it's Proud Mary uh, that she did. Uh, so, uh, so well, you know. All right, I love me some Karen Gillan, right? Uh, she she was great as she's been great as Nebula in uh, the Avengers Marvel stuff. Uh, she's terrific in Jumanji, mm-hmm. as she says. She calls it because she's Scottish. I didn't watch her in Doctor Who, but I hear she was very, very good in that. Um, And she's just, she's absolutely a great actress and very funny. And she did a lot of press for this movie, this gunpowder milkshake. What it is, is uh, she's an assassin that was trained by her mom. uh, And she goes out to kill somebody. uh, But that guy has a daughter that she, by happenstance, has to take care of and that's the rest of the movie uh she's got to go up this against this big syndicate thing like always (laughs) led by uh paul giamatti all right always a welcome sight to see paul g um and so you know it started off and i was like all right here's the same thing the visuals in this movie are fucking rad i'm not going to compare it because it's apples and oranges but it's it's as much of a vibe as Tron Legacy, Ooh. meaning that the score is fantastic, the visuals, the colors are fantastic, transfixing. Um, and she is fantastic. There are fight scenes in this that are staged in a way that I've never seen before. Mm. Uh, and that takes a lot for me to say. Um, she apparently did a lot of her own stunt work. And the supporting cast, the last thing I'll say about this, the supporting cast is great. Uh, it's a bunch of women: Angela Bassett, Michelle Yao, and um, Ciju Googe. The 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 Googe, Carly Gugino.
3: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, absolutely fantastic. Um, Ralph Ennison uh, plays the big bad. You know Ralph Ennison, right? The mm-hmm. witch. The, the guy oh, that, that guy. The guy that talks like this. Yes, He's in a million I things. I've got a big accent and I talk like this. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah. He's in this. Is the big the big bad. And he's fantastic. He's really. He doesn't get a whole lot of screen time, but he's fantastic. So based on the cast alone, the stylization of it, this is a fun movie. I slacked everybody afterwards, uh, saying I, I'm sure this is one of those movies that has like 30% aggregate on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I didn't. I didn't even look because I enjoyed this. I'm going to recommend it for sure. If you want just a fun time. It is a little violent. It there's no dicks and fucks, but it is a little violent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the 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 cinematography is great. Karen Gillen is great, and the rest of the cast is spectacular. So Ooh. go
2: watch it. Interesting.
3: Interesting. Uh, do we need another round or do we need any questions? Let's do it, baby. Uh, I uh, I'm gonna recommend nobody.
2: Nobody. Ha- no Bob. Another Assassin with
3: a Heart of Gold that I just watched. Yes. <laughs> um, uh you know, basically, if you saw any trailers uh earlier this year, you saw that it was normal dude Bob Odenkirk kicking a whole bunch of ass yep. um in this movie. And um and uh much like I mean, this is from the people who made John Wick, so Again, it's it's something silly that sets off the whole. I mean, I guess the dog. It's it's in John Wick. It's a dog. We get the the meaning of that, and it's and it's and it's upsetting. This one is like a bracelet.
1: It's a bracelet that leads to a completely different set of circumstances. But yeah, you're right. (laughs) Right.
3: Um. Uh. You know. He spends the movie taking it from everybody in this movie. He's such a sad sack the whole time. He is bullied at his job, and he's in a marriage that looks like it's not going anywhere. Connie Nielsen once again showing up. Mm. Um, uh, But, uh, yeah, there's a point where people break into his house, and uh, he has the chance to do something and doesn't and feels really, really shitty about it and uh and in the aftermath of this he finds out that his little girl's bracelet is gone so he's got to figure out he he of course as like as always uh when people go in and break in a home there's an identifying mark there's a tattoo on this one person's arm and and he's like all right i'm gonna find out what tattoo parlor has why this- do
2: people with tattoos even crime right yeah, yeah. what is the point <laughs>
3: and uh and so yes like uh, barrett was t- talking about it uh it leads him to something completely different and um and uh, uh then he's he he's he starts you can see that there's something in him he's embarrassed that he never did anything and he calls christopher lloyd who we think is just his dad yeah and uh and uh and he also talks to uh is it um is it rizza he mm-hmm. talks to in this who's don't know if it's ever shown on screen
1: yeah he is at the he end. is yeah
3: um we hear his voice most of the time all the way through this and uh and uh is, i think trying to tell him not to do anything uh but bob odenkirk is like no fuck this now we find out as this movie goes along it's a weird bus scene that happens <laughs> these people run a bus like run the run a i guess a stolen car into another stolen car Get out of that car and then hijack the bus, essentially. (laughs) Um, And uh, they're they're all they all like uh, crowd around this girl on the bus. And Bob Odenkirk's like, all right, now I'm going to do something. I'm tired of the shit. And uh, and you see him. He's a fucking badass. And you're like, why has he been just being this like normal dude this whole time? And now he can beat ass. Well, as it turns out, of course, he is this secret case file nobody from the government something Mm -hmm. you know he he was trained he's 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 a secret assassin kind of guy or whatever now that's intriguing and i think that's where the story has to go but it may be the only disappointing thing about this i feel like you don't really have it you don't have another way to go on this but i was kind of hoping it would just be this nobody who just has this natural skill. falling
1: down type of thing yeah, yes yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly
3: has this sort of natural skill to like to you know he he doesn't have i mean he doesn't have all this government training and everything but he does so that's you kind of have to do that to explain how he's such a badass but at the same time i was just kind of i was like kind of hoping it would just be exactly this nobody a guy who's just kind of you know he he's a he's a savant at fighting or something and um but other than that the fights are good it's a it's an it's a, just an entertaining movie you can't go wrong with this cast bob odenkirk has been great for a long time i i i keep every time i see bob odenkirk and something like this better call Saul, breaking bad or whatever i remember when he did commercials for like miller light or something back in the 90s this is right after mr show and Budweiser was doing those lizard commercials, mm-hmm. and the lizard commercials they 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 had they made fun of Bob Odenkirk. They said like, "Yeah, yeah, I guess they got that out of work actor to do, to do this." Oh. Uh, blah, blah blah blah. <laughs> and I was like, "That's kind of shitty to say about Bob Odenkirk, who's been who at that time had uh, Ben Stiller and Saturday Night Live and all that under his belt, and Mr. Show, and then right after, I mean, it wasn't. I mean, he was started to show up in everything." uh and he directed that let's go to prison movie that's which right. is not, not i he wrote was, for the simpsons that's kind of funny
2: that uh that's bill too, right? oh yeah. um he was he's in the cable guy
3: yep 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 <clears throat> and um and and so and when and then he finally lands bragging bad and i'm like sitting there thinking at the you know watching this nobody movie that that bud light commercial popped into my head the lizards <laughs> talking about how this out of work actor and everything like where are those assholes now yeah you
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> jokes on you motherfuckers bitches yeah. yeah. so
3: i recommend nobody i think it's uh, i think it's really good i think if you like john wick you're gonna like this if you like um
1: gunpowder milkshake <laughs> yeah if you like gunpowder milkshake you'll like this movie They're very similar Two things I really like about this movie is how much he wants to fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he goes to that tattoo parlor, he's like, you know, there's he's like, there's three types of people: one that'll just go away, one that'll like threaten you, and then one that will pray to God that you guys do something to where I can beat your ass. <laughs> yeah, and you can see that coming through. Like he just wants this. Mm-hmm. He needs this. That that bus fight. He's like. It's not even like the reluctant hero of John Wick or, you know, the other ones where it's like, well, I guess I've got to use my badass training. He can't wait. Like, he's been so repressed for so long. He's just like, yeah, Mm -hmm. let's do this. Mm -hmm. Even though he gets his ass kicked, he loves it. Uh, And the other thing is the villain uh, who I don't know his name, but he looks a lot like Rutger Hauer Mm -hmm. uh, is fun. Yeah. He's got a great intro. Almost a one-shot intro. Mm-hmm. Uh that uh that's really entertaining. And then he does something that tells you he means business. And uh yeah, he's he's entertaining. He's a little stock, but still it it's fun. I was I like watching
2: as an aside. I was watching Pride and Prejudice the Keira Knightley one mm-hmm. the other day, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And realized something I'd never realized. I've seen that movie 10 times. There's a glorious one-shot in the middle of that huge dance party where the camera pans back from the nebbish pretzer guy that likes that likes Elizabeth and then he looks around and walks to the left and then another character you know walks to the other direction and then the camera follows them through the house and then turns around I'll have to find it and cut it down into a YouTube video it was over two minutes long and I'd never noticed it before in my entire life and there's only one place I can think of in there where he could have cut it which means it was probably just really well staged and anyway I, I don't know is that Joe right huh is that joe right yeah, joe, joe i Wright. think so yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: um the, i i am wondering about that now these days especially with that movie uh, extraction where it had the big <laughs> huge uh uh uncut shot but it's been cut like 50 million times yeah. <laughs> and uh and and it's like gotten to the point now where i don't even know if they have to try very hard
2: maybe they do I, I i'm know. talking out of my ass but well, even tw- uh even uh Nineteen Seventeen had cuts in it, mm-hmm. even though it, it yeah, looks like all one cut. But
3: there are also like like obvious spots where he's cutting. It, it, he's obviously shooting long shots. That you know whatever extraction has this like unbelievable thing through a city where there's fighting. There's going stuff on the rooftops. Goes back down to the street. All this. And you and it never cuts, but it cuts like five. You can times. tell
1: a million times where it's like, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. you're panning through that black car. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. It right there. Right. Um. um
2: anyway, I just a uh, one shot made me think of that. Uh,
0: Credit card bill.
2: Um, I'm going to Wreck-A-Warn, a movie that I'm also going to spoil for the most part. Oh. And it's called oh. A Hologram for the King. Tommy Hanks? God damn you. Yes. I was hoping you would never have heard of it, so I could follow that up with say by saying, it stars Tom Hanks. And <laughs> Saudi you, Arabia, right? Y- yes. And, yeah. And you would go, what the fuck, like I did, because this is like a recent film, 2016. Yeah. Tom Hanks, I'm, I'm flipping channels going, how is fucking Tom Hanks in a movie three, four years ago that I've never heard of? <laughs> There's literally nobody else in this that you know, uh, except for one guy on Hologram who was in Cloud Atlas, playing the guy that wrote the Cloud Atlas sextet. He's mm. got like three lines in this movie. This is a movie where Tom Hanks' character used to work for Schwinn Bikes, made the decision to move the bike facility to China, which killed the company. He's now an executive with a tech company that does holograms, and he's he's come to Saudi Arabia to pitch the king on his company's hologram technology because the king of Saudi Arabia is building a new Dubai, a, a new uh, planned resort city. Um, and one of the high-end things they're going to have here is hologram technology and it looks like uh, better than star wars holograms i'll tell you that it's in, it's in color <laughs> everything, everything like Blade everything looks 20, better than star but, wars hologram. With two people on a stage both holograms communicating with each other who are in other parts of the world um it's it's quirky and it's kind of like a fish out of water movie for about two-thirds of it because he's an american in saudi arabia Um uh, so first day he oversleeps misses the shuttle And so he has to call the guy who drove him from the airport, who's just a local cabbie who drives his own car to make money. This guy's pretty funny. Best part of the movie is this cabbie guy. Um, Cabbie drives this guy, drives drives Tom Hanks all the way out into the boonies, um, where there's a big building and a tent, and that's it. And his team is in the tent, and they don't have any internet, and nobody brought him any food, and the king isn't there. And so he's like, well, I'm supposed to meet with this guy, the king's assistant. I'll go over this building and try and find him. And he goes over to the building, and there's a receptionist there who says, oh, he's not here today. He'll be here tomorrow. You can call him anytime you want tomorrow, he'll be able to meet with you. Tom Hanks is like, okay. So he goes back and tells the people the bad news. They get in the shuttle. They go back to the hotel. Now, he's also got this weird growth on his back. And this is the David Cronenberg, Cronenberg portion of the movie. He's got this big cyst on his back that... He keeps inspecting and pushing and poking, and it's very gross, and I don't like it at all. So he oversleeps again the next morning and has to call the cabbie guy again. Gets out there, and the guy he's supposed to meet with is not there again, even though he promised he would be there. And the king is not coming again, even though they promised the king was coming. And so for a while, you're like, is this movie about him just being told to wait every day? Because it kind of is. Hmm. Um, And... I was intrigued. I got up halfway through and went to my wife in the other room and said, this movie has a lot of culture stuff in it. I, I had her watch uh, Million Dollar Arm because mm-hmm. of all the India culture stuff in it, and she loved it. But then I go back to the movie, and it just gets terrible. But mm. like the king shows up. They do the hologram. He, he, he pokes his back blister and has to go for surgery. There's this woman doctor who wears a hijab and... The cabbie thinks Tom Hanks shouldn't be alone in the room with her because of Saudi rules, and Tom Hanks is like, "She's my doctor. How I'm supposed to blah." Gets the thing excised off of his back. asks the lady doctor out on a date, yes. and she takes him to her brother's mansion. They swim naked, mm. and then they have sex that is shot passionately, like like it's not a sixty year old. It's it's one of the most uncomfortable sex scenes I've ever seen in my life. Hmm. It was Tom Hanks and this Saudi Doctor Woman naked in a bed and it was it, there's sweat and there's groaning and there's it's shot sexy. Hmm. Hmm. And it's just this huge ass fucking left turn. Hmm. I'm left to believe this is a real person, this is a real story. And the reason the movie makes no sense is because this guy's life just took a hard fucking left turn. Because after he sleeps with the woman, it's just like, it's him. Oh, it turns into you Got Mail. He starts writing his daughter <laughs> emails. Dear Kitty, uh, we didn't win the contest with uh, with uh, Holograms, but I found a job over here as a realtor. I think I'm going to stay in fucking Saudi Arabia because he fell in love with this woman who saved his back blister. I don't know, man. This movie... <laughs> I've actually decided to warn it. I wrote Wreck-A-Warn, <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and go with Warn.
3: <laughs> Hanks is fine. Sure. It's a charming premise. Is the uh, is the doctor played by the woman who was in Lady in the Water?
2: The, <sighs> the M. Night sister? Very maybe. Very maybe. Okay. I, because those movies are at least 11 years apart. I'm not sure I would have recognized her. Okay. It may be. Uh, I'll look on the IMDb. Let's we'll see if that's her. Is she in it? Yes. Oh, then that's who that is. Yeah. 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 Huh. All right. And she's a good actress. Mm -hmm. All the performances are good. It's just the story seemed like it was a fish out of water, American making it in another land, and then it turned into this uh, body horror thing, and then it turned into this, like, fucking, like, Fifty Shades of Old People.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh is it all in english or is it some in arabic plenty in arabic but it's
2: all it's almost all subtitled for you
1: okay <laughs> it's it's a saudi producer i think i have to think that this is what somebody backed is? up a fucking truck to tom hanks's house interesting and absolutely showered him
2: with money i bet you just from what i i bet you they've shot that in two weeks
1: And also (laughs) And he probably made fifty million dollars or something. The
2: director
3: is Tom Tickver or Tikwer or Tikwer, I don't know how to pronounce the name. Who did Cloud Atlas. Oh, that's oh, one of the other guys wow. in there. Yeah, and uh, and this guy's also a composer of many of his own movies. Oh, interesting. So, uh, but he also did Run, Lola, Run, which is, is probably his... Which time. is ah. most famous, probably. Yeah, yeah. I
2: love uh, Lola, Run, Lola. I love Lola, Lola. Yeah, exactly. Lola, Lola. Lola, Lola.
1: Yeah, I, uh, when we were doing the uh, Tom Hanks list, we went through and uh, did his career. I saw that and I was I looked at it and like all of these Saudi names for production and stuff like that and I was like it just doesn't seem like something Hanks would typically do and I bet you it was just like you know you hear about Beyonce going over to sing for the king of Jordan or something like yeah. that right and it's because they have a ridiculous amount of money that they can throw at you could be and I think Beyonce made like you know ten million dollars from one night or something like that to, to do it, and it's worth it to royalty in Arabic nations because you get the Western people coming over to entertain your guests, and you are seen as like the fucking man. Um, maybe and that's in, what this in
2: future parties you can say, "Oh, I am going to put in the movie I made with Tom Hanks from America." Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here is my
1: Tom Hanks movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God bless him. I mean, hey, yeah. he got I didn't paid. Like it. I didn't he got like paid, it. and then he got COVID. You got paid and then COVID. Yep. Cool. Uh I've got a surprising one. Uh, very big recommend. How can you mend a broken heart? A Bee Gees documentary.
0: Nice. Whoa.
1: This was an accident. Uh flipped it on HBO and uh, I saw Noel Gallagher on there mm-hmm. from Oasis. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, he's a right. He's a right. Honorary sought. <laughs> he's a right foul git. Yep. He's a right foul git. Mm-hmm. But he's also a really good interview, and I like Oasis. So I was like, huh, what is this?" During that, uh, found it at the very beginning of this documentary uh, about the birth of the Bee Gees. If you don't uh, remember, the Bee Gees were a a band of brothers: huh. mm-hmm. uh, Robin, Andy, uh, Maurice, Morris, and uh, and Barry. Right, all the Gibbs, mm-hmm. and uh, they're most famous for Saturday Night Fever soundtrack uh, and disco. But this thing goes through all of their their stuff of being like starting off as a almost folk gospel band, um, and how amazing songwriters they are. Mm-hmm. I was I was transfixed. Now Barry is the only one that's still alive; the rest of them were dead. Mm-hmm. But they had archival interviews with all of them very very well done the whole thing is very well done frank marshall who directed um if I can, uh a few interesting ones uh arachnophobia alive congo <laughs> yep, and eight below which i forgot what eight below was
3: that's the paul walker dog movie ah that's right mm-hmm.
1: um so he's he's got an interesting uh kind of uh background um but uh, it's so well done And you go through – it's a fairly straightforward documentary about a musical band and all the ups and downs of the famous, and they break up for a second, then they come back together and everything. Then Saturday Night Fever hits, and it's the the, the best-selling album of all time to that point. Uh, And they are best well known for disco, uh, one of the originators of the disco sound. Now, I did not realize that that is not them. They they have done a million different things, and it just happened to be that they're most well-known for that. But they're like, everybody hated us. Everybody went from loving us to hating us because we were associated with disco. We didn't invent disco. We only did, like, one or two disco albums, and then we moved on to other stuff, and it really, really took a toll on them. Uh, it, it does avoid all the typical trappings of, like, a bohemian rhapsody type of like oh bottoming out and then coming up rising like a phoenix or anything like that it's just a, you know like a normal course of three brothers four brothers well, eventually four brothers uh in a band they're absurdly talented it's really good and and the only thing so nick jonas is in there from jonas Brothers like a lot of brother bands that are like this is really weird Hanson? uh you guys have brothers <laughs> uh hansen is not in there weirdly son enough. of a bitch you guys have brothers. Uh, I don't know what it's like to grow up with a brother, but I I, I realize that it's complicated. The, you mentioned there was a sibling thing happening there. A sibling is not always that you get along all the time. Right. Uh, to me, as essentially an only child, I was like, I, I don't understand that. I feel feel like siblings, when you get to a certain age, are always going to be tight and close and that kind of thing, but it doesn't always work like that. Mm-mm. Um and so there's some of that going on. The best thing about this documentary uh is the drummer is still alive, <clears throat> and so he did uh night fever night fever night fever you how have... right uh so they did that, and then the drummer when they were recording Saturday night fever uh soundtrack, which was an album too um he had to leave his dad had Alzheimer's, and he had to go and and uh go back to England. They were recording in America somewhere um and uh so you know he did that and uh but they really wanted to lay down staying alive and you know but don't burn all right no and that's superstition sorry <laughs> but like uh you know well you can tell but where you welcome I want um and so that the first part of that is is a drum beat it's like dum, ta, dum, bum, ta, bum, bum. what they did was while dude was away they did the first ever you would love this scene you would love this scene it was like an interlock. They looped the drums from Night Fever. Same track. Slowed it down a little bit. Wow. And that's the entirety of that song. Oh, wow. Is that drum loop. Mm. You could see them in the studio. They were stretching out. Uh, because it was real to real at that point they were stretching it out all to the far edge of the control room and running it through different loops so that they could get enough tape to actually get the song done oh, wow. and that's all that song is and i was like
2: fuck yeah, that's, that's awesome.
1: the shit that i love that's awesome. so
3: you mean they so they they str- how did they do that
1: so they spliced out they took that sample now this is obviously before an audition or something like mm-hmm. that now we could take a chunk and replicate it until the t- cows come home uh, but in that period, this is 1974, somewhere around there, uh, they had to cut out that splice of of the, uh, the tape, mm-hmm. then find a way to loop that over and over without getting any cuts or missing frames or missing mm-hmm. uh, uh, measures in there. And to do that without having to reset the reel to reel Mm -hmm. they had to loop it all the way down or they had to loop it around like a fucking rebar Mm -hmm. system that was that was it and they looped it all the way down to where it would last i think staying alive is like three and a half minutes or something like that Mm -hmm. to where they had enough tape all the way through with that exact same drum beat now you can't replicate that exact measure because you've only got that amount of tape Mm -hmm. right it's not like copy paste they had to figure out how to do it apparently it's one of the first times that anybody's done that Mm -hmm. uh in 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 music and popular music and it was just there was these two studio geeks they were like we worked 16 hours a day during this album Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) and they're both old and they were like fuck a bunch of that man but he was like this guy i came up with the idea and this guy put it in place and it's just it's so cool man so yeah you should you should check out the Bee Gees are a lot more than Saturday Night Fever. Now I've always loved the Beatles. <laughs> I've always loved the Bee Gees mm-hmm. uh, since a young age. For whatever reason, uh, I I like disco. I don't I don't mind any disco stuff or well, some disco, uh, but I always liked the the Bee Gees because they were always percussive. They were always very they were great songwriters. Um, but this gave me a new appreciation, uh, and uh, I was I was happy to see it. Now after this. Did I watch Jimmy Fallon and Justin Timberlake do the Barry Gibb talk show mm-hmm. from SNL mm-hmm. f- for an hour? Yes, mm-hmm. yes, I did. Yep. <laughs> because do you have do you have anything to say about that?
2: It's such a funny. Sketch. Talking
1: about chest hair. <laughs> Talking about crazy cool
2: medallions.
1: <laughs> it's it's very very good. Uh, Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> I've got a whole rant about Jimmy Fallon being way underrated these days but uh yeah, that's that's a talk for another day
3: all right everybody it's time to talk about better help yes it is
1: better help i have two bits of very very good news one is the best news and one is a little personal um the first one is we keep getting people most recently like i think yesterday people that signed up for better help nice they contact us. Now, these are just the people we know of. Uh, one of our listeners said, you know, after you guys talked about this for so long, I decided to give it a try. So I'm, I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. I could not be happier about that. That is the coolest thing. Listen, I know we've been talking about BetterHelp for a, for a while. Um, it's important to us for, for people who need it to get help and better help is is a great way to do it online counseling licensed professional counselors at your at your leisure (laughs) at uh like you can book your appointments you can uh interact with your counselor you can do video sessions you can do chat sessions this is very satisfying to me another thing um i'll just say briefly uh, I have been doing better help now for a year and a half, maybe a little bit longer. I had a breakthrough.
2: Ooh, mm-hmm. a breakthrough! A r- for
1: real, for real ass. I'm breakthrough. not making fun. <clears throat> uh, listen, I, I've had I've had times where I finish a session, I feel good. I feel like I, you know, weight's been lifted off my shoulders and everything. Um, and I've had uh, listen to be honest, I've had lots to think about at times after sessions uh but just in the last month or so i had serious breakthrough that's awesome and man it it's a lot of work to get there but it is so satisfying it's like it's like if you can break i don't know a six minute mile if you're a runner or something like that and you try and you try and you try and you try or you can weight lift 250 pounds after trying it over and over again. or a
2: skateboarder and you finally land that 1080 exactly practicing. exactly <clears throat>
1: it's it's incredibly satisfying it takes a lot of work folks uh but it's i can tell you having gone through a lot and having this most recent um experience it is totally worth it
2: better help is <clears throat> was already here doing this offering this they were and then the pandemic comes along and a lot of people in in-person therapy had to start doing teletherapy mm-hmm. <clears throat> i have a good friend that, that was doing this for a year um so this friend uh started going back to in-person therapy after the vaccination and their therapist vaccinations for about two months mm-hmm. going once a week or so and now guess what have to start wearing masks again yeah and in a couple of weeks, they're going to talking about maybe going back to telehealth because we got this Delta variant ravaging through the state of Tennessee. And so a lot of in-person therapy is going to do what? Go back to telehealth. And who was there already? The pioneers. Yep. Better help. Yep. Uh, and it's not just the telehealth it's the probably the biggest benefit that i think that we promote uh it's the easiest to see the impact uh but there's so much convenience on that website in terms of messaging uh back and forth with your therapist in terms of the ways you can have therapy on on the phone or on video it's just so much flexibility there and um the service was great before the pandemic it's great during the pandemic and it's gonna be great after the pandemic and if you're thinking about therapy don't wait any longer this is it
1: this is it Betterhelp.com slash SYNCAST. Uh, You get a special offer, 10% off your first month. Um, Last thing I want to say about this is that, y'all, first of all, the pandemic ain't over. I know we want to think it is, but it ain't over. Second of all, I keep reading article after article about how overdoses went up drastically over the pandemic. Uh, We all dealt with uh, all that stress in different ways. If you feel like you're you're a little out of control with any substance issue, BetterHelp can address that. Um, let them know when you sign when you b- kind of click on that BetterHelp.com/syncast. Tell them what's going on with you. Answer a few questions. You get matched to a therapist within 24 hours, and you're on your way. Be honest. Figure out what the issues are. They can help you address them. BetterHelp.com/syncast. If you have waited. Like uh, like a few of our listeners have fairly recently, it is now the time, folks. Better help. Do it. BetterHelp.com. Get out! Uh, Doing a roundup. Barrett recommended Gun,
3: sh- gun, gun, gun Shouter Milkpake. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that sounds sexier than it this one. It
3: does. Gunpowder Milkshake. He recommended that. He also recommended the Bee Gees. How can you mend a broken heart? uh jeremy recommended robot and frank he also warned hologram for the king and uh i warned zola and recommended nobody
1: okay you're warning zola you think it's mostly because of expectations like is it is it a well-done movie do you think
3: yeah i don't think there's anything bad yeah necessarily but if you go in there expecting the wildest craziest story you've ever seen you're not going to enjoy this movie i got you uh now the fact that this happened to this person as much as we can trust this person (laughs) uh you know it, it it does get that sense of oh my god really you experienced that that's crazy but really and honestly i was just like i was really expecting a lot especially the whole thing with the now watch every move this bitch makes. Yeah. And I was like, oh, she's doing some master plan in this.
1: Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and you've probably seen that trailer about a zillion times. Yeah, too, right? I had. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, Time for questions? Question. Question. Yeah. I got something to say. I want the truth. I am listening.
0: Excuse
1: me. All right. Jesus Christ, Jeremy. Get Sorry. your shit together. You excuse me. I like your shirt, by the way. Thank
2: I will saved you trees good for you
1: all right this is a good one. Oh, oh we've got some good ones keep them coming uh send them to cinemasin Syncast at gmail.com twitter soundcloud facebook anything baby let us know i just found out july is disability awareness month Ooh. did not realize that uh it's probably too late to get it on board as a topic but i think I, but i thought i'd send it in as a question i know sound of metal has received a lot of praise but i feel like it's still in an area where bad slash unhelpful portrayals outnumber the good in movies what is a movie that gave you a new perspective on a disability uh this person's first thought was the french movie the Intouchables*, uh but honestly i came up with more thoughts of lazy or inaccurate movies than good ones it's a very very good question *Intouchables*, as we've said before is a outstanding movie mm-hmm. uh, that does talk uh about uh, disability in this case paralysis Is his uh, thing or ALS or something like that? I don't remember his actual. Uh, But yeah, no, and and you're right. There are times for every Intouchables, you get a there's something about Mary, yes, or or something like that. So, uh, what do you guys think?
3: There's something about Mary. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, uh, No, the this is a documentary, so it's it may be cheating in some way to the spirit of the question, but Murder Ball. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, One of these is where it's a bunch of quadriplegics who play rugby. uh, And they they go to each one and talk about their stories. And you learn, like, hey, they have girlfriends. And, hey, they do this. They have this kind of life outside of this and everything. But also, they can get on, like... When you watch them watch them actually playing this game, it's like, oh my god,
1: shit's for real! Holy yeah.
3: shit, dude! <laughs> like this is amazing. Yeah, like this is a. I mean, even if you got if you got an able-bodied person to get into wheelchairs and try to play rugby,
2: you have to learn a lot of shit to get to this point. Is it rugby or basketball? Uh, it could be that there's two of them.
3: Maybe there are two of them.
2: I hope it's basketball because one of my Abel's books makes a reference to this documentary and refers to it as basketball. It wouldn't be the first mistake in those books. <laughs> the
3: description says rugby. Now, what's funny is when I came up with the thought of murder ball, I thought it was basketball too. But then I saw the description that said rugby, and I was like, "Well, maybe I fucked this up."
2: I wonder if it's both.
3: This okay? Have we have we found a glitch in the matrix here? Because. So a documentary introduces the U.S. quad rugby team.
2: Maybe it's rugby.
3: You specially play full contact competitive rugby, using rules only slightly altered to accommodate their limitations.
2: Okay. I th- it must be rugby, yeah. It's rugby, and I think I thought it was basketball because they're in a gym, and that's list of me. Well, and they oh.
3: have these balls that don't look like rugby balls. Okay. They're round. Right uh okay good uh because i was i because i too when i thought of murder ball was like that was the basketball one right and then i started reading the description on it it was rugby so i uh,
2: fucked up my book
3: yeah so they're they're talking about their you know they it's it's kind of amazing to to watch uh how how good they are at this type of thing Mm -hmm. and and just how they how they have decided that you know i'm gonna live the best life that i can and everything i think before this movie came out if you heard the word quadriplegic you thought they probably don't get a chance to do very many things mm-hmm. and this movie really like put set me in the right you know in a different direction because i was like holy shit these guys uh i mean i, I mean, it's, i mean they're just they're like beating each other up on the yeah, court. Yeah, it's not and- just
1: like you know, good good sportsmanship and everything. It's like uh, they they want to take each other's heads. Off. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and yeah. So yeah. good one, good yeah. one. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with a couple. Um, and there's a theme. Uh, the Peanut Butter Falcon. Oh. Which I just rewatched part of again yesterday. That movie's really charming. Um, and a quiet place. Mm. Um, and. Both of these, it's kind of a meta answer to the question, um, because both of these employ actors who have the disability of their characters. So in The Peanut Butter Falcon, the the guy playing the Down Syndrome character has Down Syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, and in A Quiet Place, the gal who plays the daughter is deaf.
1: Um, oh, is she really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that.
2: And when watching the peanut butter falcon I was struck by how much more capable this guy is than we give him credit for to to not only to not only turn in a good acting performance but to act to every down syndrome case is unique some are more severe than others the only only three or four people I've ever known with down syndrome in my life, did not seem like people who could understand the concept of a film set Mm. and acting, let alone learning lines, understanding that when Shia LaBeouf is yelling at you and cussing you, he's in character and he doesn't actually mean it. Um, And it really opened my eyes. Um, And uh, with The Quiet Place, it it was more that that movie is such a quiet experience, right? Because <laughs> it's, it's trying to use sound in an opposite way of what you're used to. But I was struck watching her sign and knowing that she was deaf for real. This movie is... She lives this movie every day. Mm-hmm. Like, for for me, this is an exceptional, rare, once-a-movie experience that I can't hear very much. Yeah. That's her everyday freaking life, man. Yeah. Um, and it just, you know, I am slowly going deaf, but I'm not completely deaf, but it gave me a little bit more perspective, appreciation, I think, for, and, and I actually kick-started my ass into learning sign language all over again. So, um, I think that answers the question, maybe in a meta way, but those are my two answers.
1: All right. I did not realize that girl was deaf, mm-hmm. was actually deaf. Mm-hmm. Um, God, that's such a good movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes these people just come out of nowhere and just expertly... Jordan Peele was one of them, mm-hmm. where it's like, seriously, Get Out is your first feature ever directing? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Krasinski got all the cards, and I'm a little mad. at. He's funny. He's incredibly looking. Incredibly looking? He's incredibly looking. Incredible looking. He's talented. Talented. He can direct. He can act.
3: <laughs> Even though apparently, like, whenever somebody finds out that emily blunt is his wife they're always like really yeah. and he's like <laughs> <laughs> this is like the he." i can't remember what 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 uh story he was telling but he said he was i think he was going through customs or something and uh and he goes i think i've seen you before and he's like yeah yeah i'm in the office or whatever and he goes he goes, and he, uh, I'm waiting for my wife. He's like, really? Who's you married to? Uh, Emily Blunt. And he goes, You're married to Emily Blunt. <laughs> and, and he's like, Yeah, yeah, I get that a lot.
1: <laughs> God bless him, man. He seems like a like a funny guy too. Oh, he yeah. seems like I a, think he's an okay guy, a real guy. Uh, I've got some some interesting. Well, I got a bunch of them, so bear with me here. I did just start watching because of my my wife was watching this, a show called Atypical on Netflix. Hmm. This show is great. Mm. Uh, it's got uh, Jennifer Jason Lee as an overbearing mother. Michael Rapaport, uh, whom I don't really love all the time He as an had actor. his moment in the 90s. He did. Uh, he's great in this. Mm-hmm. He's great in this. Uh, it's Keir, um, uh, Keir Gelchrist is uh, a kid with autism. Uh, autism Spectrum Disorder. ASD, as they call it. Um, he plays it beautifully. Uh, I don't believe he, he actually has autism. Uh, but the lack of eye contact, the social interactions that are awkward, uh, the fixation on you know mundane details, things like that—very, very good. And it affects the the whole family, and I like that a lot. Uh, cheating, not a movie, but one that really stands out to me is how Breaking Bad uh, mm-hmm. treated all of their characters, whether they were hair, hair impaired, <laughs> which seemed like a lot of people. Uh, or just general impairments. My favorite part is Walter Jr. I don't know if they ever, maybe once or twice, very rarely mentioned that he had, is it MS or something like that that he had? I I'm, actually don't remember. I'm not certain they ever mentioned Some sort of of movement disorder uh, that affects his, his manner of speech, his legs. He has to walk with uh, with supports. That character, I mean... He, he he hangs out with his friends he gets girls he he's he's popular uh and he doesn't take shit from his
2: parents uh he's he's a normal kid the show did a lot to destigmatize and and, and not play up for sympathy you know his condition um but again there's another instance where the actor actually has that condition yeah uh, and it brings a level of authenticity to the role um that I think is important is why disability should be played by people with disabilities. Yeah, I mean it's topic. no it's
1: no fucking big deal in that in that series at all. No. Uh, and it's and it's very cool. I mean, and you could say the same for Hector Salamanca in the opposite side of it. Yeah. you think he's a doddering old man? He's not even doddering. He's in a wheelchair. He's mute. Uh, everything is is essentially you know when they're sitting there uh, waiting for when Jesse and and Walt are sitting there waiting for Tuco uh, to get his shit together, they think Hector's not even listening to him. He turns out to be one of the most menacing uh, characters in that entire series. Uh, And you could say the same for for Hank when he gets disabled uh, Mm. after the the car and the shooting. I mean, God, that seemed like a whole season. It was. That he was laid up.
2: I mean, he was was rehabbing and laid up and collecting gems uh, for a whole season. Yeah, yeah. And they played that a different way, where it where it really affected him. Well, and then he had PTSD when he went back out into the field.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I oh. I love the way that they portrayed all that stuff. Addiction, mm-hmm. uh, just absolutely genius. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, uh, you do need to go back and watch the 1962 version of The Miracle Worker uh, with Anne Bancroft and Patty Duke. <clears throat> you don't like this movie?
2: No, I just you know I just wanted to be contrary. I don't know. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that uh, that movie's brilliant, man. Anne Bancroft as the uh, the the therapist that finally gets through to Helen Keller is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the whole water scene where she teaches her the the signs because you can't she's deaf, mute and blind. And so how do you even start? I can't even imagine this person's journey. And it's it's a beautiful story. Um, Helen Keller went on to be an activist and, you know, very engaged. And it took this person to get through to her. Hmm. Uh, it's amazing. I'll also mention uh, an underrated classic, Benny and June, with Mary Stuart Masterson, uh, Aiden Quinn, and Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. Uh, where Mary Stuart Masterson has a severe mental illness. Um, and uh, it, it doesn't treat her with kid gloves. Last one is the perks of being a wallflower. We've talked about it before. Uh, anxiety disorder with... The guy's got a complicated uh history the logan lerman character uh with trauma the anxiety and depression it's great well well done well addressed
3: um rj mite who played walter jr had cerebral palsy cerebral palsy ah, I almost almost said said right. uh
1: if you've got that pulled up do you do you know if he's been in anything else
3: um i i
1: well i had to oh, he's a great looking guy too uh, I mean, he's no Krasinski but he's rocking shit
3: he is has been doing movies that are look like they're going straight to whatever video he's got seven projects though lined up good for him so he's got a bunch of he's yeah he's done quite a few movies he's uh, a good
1: actor man he uh some of those scenes with Walt especially towards the, the latter seasons mm-hmm. are heartbreaking yeah I think in the Ozymandias episode where he goes after him with a knife
2: mm-hmm. oh yeah he physically puts himself between Walt and Skyler. Mm-hmm. That was the ultimate for that character for me. Because he doesn't, there's, there's, no, there's no way he can stop Walt if he, if Walt really wants to keep going. But mm-hmm. the yeah. son didn't care. The son was like, this is all I can do. Yeah. I'm jumping in front of this bullet. Anyway, yeah. that's good moving on. All right, next question.
1: Next question. Next question. On your mini-pod for Black Widow, I think it was Baird that said that this movie really works with that cast, and only really that cast could have played those characters. And the same could be said for a lot of movies. I was wondering if you could think of any examples where it works in reverse. Do you think some movies would have been elevated or even outright better if they had a different cast, or even different characters from their source materials? This example is controversial because who doesn't like Tom Hardy? Well... Um, I think The Dark Knight Rises would have been better if they have gotten the Riddler instead of Bane as a villain and the Riddler was played by Johnny Depp. Of course, we've talked about it before. Looks like they wanted to bring Heath Ledger's Joker back for that third one. Obviously, that did not work out. Uh, I think it would be interesting to have the the Riddler. But, I see your point. What do you guys think?
3: Um, I was I I was thinking maybe in Clerks 2 Rosario Dawson doesn't play the character she plays. No. Oh, okay. And I love Rosario Dawson. I yes. want to see Rosario Dawson in everything.
1: <laughs> um
3: but uh and we've even interviewed Brian O'Halloran but I don't think that Brian O'Halloran can land a Rosario Dawson and, <laughs> and, and none of that makes sense to me in that whole movie that, you know, they had some one night tryst or whatever that's leading to a baby and everything. Um, if we, if we want to recast that, I feel like somebody like Ricky Lindholm yeah. or Kate McCoochie, who's her partner in crime, mm. uh, in the, uh, uh what's a, carfunkle uh, uh, notes mm-hmm. um uh get gets those two women are still attractive but oh, i yeah. also think that they are more around the brian O'Halloran, uh you know uh uh you know league uh and They're everything
1: quirky yes yes
3: and so th- that's the thing that y- clerks too is fine and I, and i know that kevin smith prefers this one over his original and all that i i don't but uh, i think it has like some better scenes overall than clerks but clerks is funnier and and everything but um but yeah rosario dawson is just some otherworldly beauty that i that you know you have to have somebody like matt damon or somebody like that yeah with a mullet. yeah rosanna yeah, yeah exactly uh you'd have somebody like that landing her you can't i don't i don't know rosario dawson for all I know, is is super down to earth. I think she's dating Cory Booker right now. Oh, that's uh, right, that's right. Um, uh, but she would go for somebody like that. But I don't know. It just doesn't. She should be with the senator. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't come doesn't uh, come across in the movie that that would ever happen, even as much as they try, even as much as Kevin Smith tries to make it look like it's a thing.
1: Because he's dating Jen Swalback. Yes. Uh, and Rosario dawson is is like the manager of the movies, and he's yes. like a shift supervisor right yeah, so it's not even the looks it's the situation he's in mm-hmm. it's not like you know he's corporate and 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 they have this administrative connection or anything like that Mm -hmm. he's like a like a schlub still yeah yeah and yeah we we love brian yeah exactly but but yeah
3: i i and and in all fairness i think even kevin smith has joked with brian o'halloran about this (laughs) like there's no fucking way you're getting a rosario (laughs) dawson but uh you know I, i i every time something like this comes up it sounds like oh, you're being mean, or or totally that can happen. I've seen, you know, I've seen couples like that or whatever, and it's like, it's just the way it comes across in the movie itself. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's 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 my pick.
2: Nice. nice. I got two answers for this question. The first is, uh, I'm going to piggyback on your ask question asker and say, just give me Bane. Just give me the real Bane.
1: Yeah. Just give me Bane. Yeah.
2: It's one of the only comic book arcs that I have read multiple times, is the Nightfall run. This was when I was in college. Um, and in the first volume, Bane shows up. And, and what makes Bane an awesome villain is that he is as strong as Batman. Yes, due to this Venom stuff that he sucks. For is that what it thing. is? Yeah. He has to um, for a medical condition. But it also makes him strong. Um, but he's smarter. He's smarter than Bruce Wayne. Um, and so he comes to town. He figured out who who Batman is and he wears him the fuck out. He, he releases people from Arkham so they can go out and Batman has to chase him down one by one and one by one and one by one and put them all back. And finally he's exhausted. And now he has to face off against Bane Ah. and brain Bane breaks his back. Now Batman in this run has been training, um, a protege, um, Jean Paul Valley is his name. Um, Jean Paul. uh, Jean Paul. Um, (laughs) Well, after Batman's back is broken, he disappears. He goes off for ancient mystic healing for six months. Twelve months. I'm not talking about the movie. I'm talking about the actual story. Oh, okay. Um, And this Jean Paul Valley guy, well, Jean Paul Valley guy, who's taken over for Batman. uh, It's not so good, folks. He doesn't mind killing. Oh, and he creates his own suit and it's made of armor and he's he starts being a true scary vigilante and he defeats Bane mm. and then Batman comes back and at this point his understudy is going by the name Azrael and is more powerful than Batman or Bane and oh. Batman has to take him down um that would make a hell of a trilogy
1: why didn't they do that?
2: And what sucks is that they they tried to sneak in so much Bane in The Dark Knight Rises with the Batman breaking his back and then healing and coming back and the Bane releases the prisoners from prison. But they were so tied to tying this back into the beginning with the League of Shadows and yeah. Ra's al Ghul yeah, and whatnot yeah. that it really hamstrung what they were able to do with Bane because then they made him just a mercenary. Yeah. I mean, Bane should be fucking Thanos, man. Like he came to town with a plan. Yeah. And he's not just gonna go. He's not just gonna. In the movies, he gets to fight a Batman who hasn't fought in eight years and has arthritis and no cartilage. Yeah. I could beat that Batman. Yeah. In the in the comics, he beat Batman at his peak, in his brain and his body. That's why Bane rules. All right. My other answer. <laughs> Why didn't they do that? I don't know. My other answer is, uh I, I put. I sometimes wonder if Primal Fear might not be a complete classic if Richard Gere and Laura Linney had been replaced by people like Gary Oldman, Willem Dafoe, Holly Hunter, or Sally Field, because that Ed Norton performance is, first of all, so standout. But that's all we talk about. Mm-hmm. That's all we talk about because God bless Richard Gere, he can't he can't hold his own in that scene. The way he's doing Richard Gere, he's doing Richard Gere, and Laura Linney's doing Laura Linney, and I think I feel like both of those those are the two opposing counsel in the case, and they they used to have a fling. I think you go up a notch, to a couple Oscar winners there in in that role, and I bet that movie, as a whole, is considered. Mm. You
3: know what I would do? I would stab him (laughs) fifty eight (laughs) times.
1: That's a good point, man. Because Richard Gere, look, he ain't no slouch. He's no. he's good, but he's got his thing. He's, he's got his Richard Gere thing. He's got Even in something like Chicago, where where he's talented, and he's singing, and he's dancing. It's Richard Gere.
3: Yeah. 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 yeah I got you. Oh, got you. yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That- <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I like those picks. Uh, <clears throat> uh, okay. You guys haven't seen this movie. Rightfully so, because it blows. Uh, but Army of the Dead uh the the new uh zach snyder joint that just came out on netflix not too long ago dave bautista is the main guy and look movies balls movies balls overall smells like balls smells like balls uh but one of the reasons uh is that dave bautista god bless him we've talked about it before he's he's good as drax he's very good in that blade runner 2049 scene uh I haven't seen Stuber, but I don't think he's very good in that. No, nope. Stuber um, sucks. The, this guy is not my kind of guy, man. Like, I, I don't, he's, he's not leading man. if you replaced him with somebody with personality, any personality, even The Rock in that movie would make that movie watchable. Hmm. Uh, but I chose the aforementioned John Krasinski because uh, I think – He's old enough to where he can play. Where he's got a teenage daughter that that goes in and and shenanigans ensue. And I feel like with all the Jack Ryan stuff, he's he's got some kind of like physical presence now. Um, but uh, Bautista, I don't know, man. I don't know why. Uh, good for him. He seems like an interesting guy. I don't know him, obviously. Uh, but I don't think he was right for this part at all. D- throw me some rock, throw me some even John Cena, John Krasinski. Give me somebody with the personality. Uh, Dave Davy does not have that. Hmm. Uh, and then the the other one, uh, another fantastical movie um, in Wonder Woman. It always was disappointed that David Thewlis oh. was the oh, <laughs> the yeah. end villain. No, I love David Thewlis. I the last episode. I was talking about how great he was as Remus Lupin in the Harry Potter movies. David Thewlis is not going to play Ares in my uh, dream version of Wonder Woman. Um, the, the, the ones that I picked, uh, I was thinking about Keith David, just because Keith, another mention of Keith David. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's so charismatic and so intimidating. Uh yeah I don't give a shit about race I know that they were Nazis whatever fuck it mm-hmm. uh or Lawrence Fishburne man uh somebody with gravitas mm-hmm. they could play a god but also uh you know somebody that uh, is a little you know secretive and 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 subversive and stuff like that I th- I think that could I think that
3: could happen Have you ever seen uh the movie called Naked? Is that a thuleless joint? thulis is in it mike lee directed it i I have a feeling you might like that if you haven't seen it
1: uh i know what you're talking about i can see the poster
3: thulis is like a total asshole in that movie yes but uh, i need to see it again i haven't seen it since it came out but i remember him being really good we did have a an outtake from from naked seriously uh in uh the prisoner of azkaban video uh because he just so happens to be talking about turning into a werewolf naked (laughs) Uh, (laughs)
1: it's a 90s movie isn't it yeah yeah i remember that coming out maybe i haven't seen it uh Mm -hmm. but i uh i you know obviously if it was a 90s movie i watched it because it was called naked Mm -hmm. i'm like barton millhouse when they went to see Naked lunch
3: i can think of two (laughs) things wrong with that title uh that's going to do it for this week keep going to sincast presented by cinema on facebook we're also on cinema twitter music video sins twitter discord and SoundCloud. Uh, that's going to do it for this uh this mini the mini pod i was about to say mini pod that's a maxi <laughs> yeah this was a maxi pod uh, <laughs> that'll do it for this uh this this here sincast it's chris atkinson jeremy scott and barrett share we'll see you next time
1: thanks for listening Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit CinemaSins.com.
2: Every cat we ever had growing up, this is how it happened. Mom would see a kitten. Yeah. Fall in love, yeah. bring it home, yeah. and dad would find out when he got home. And as much as I wanted those kittens when I was a kid, that's not exactly a cool way to like do marriage. Like, You need to make decisions like that <laughs> together, right? I feel like you're
1: going to end up with a cat I'm when right. you go I'm home. actually
2: more interested in a dog because are, there are so many fucking assholes that adopted animals in a pandemic but have returned them now. Yeah. So there are a, a bunch of young dogs that need homes, and we want to get a dog, but w- we don't want to get a puppy because it's probably mm-hmm. too much work mm-hmm. for us. Um, it is a lot of work. And so I was last night, I was looking at rescue dogs. And now today she's like, "I see an orange kitty? Maybe Another
1: just- orange one? You should at least mm. get one with a different faculty. color. I don't, think, one, I don't yeah. think we'll
2: ever have a cat that's not orange.
3: It, it, it does suck uh seeing animals that need homes even though you have no room for more like i go in Uh, i go into pet smart and there's all these like little kittens in the in the glass and i'm like oh kitties and then i'm like yeah i can't (laughs) can't. yeah (laughs) Yeah. it really is kind of like that i mean you have to be kind of stern with yourself Um, you do you gotta be a
2: callous motherfucker Mm
3: -hmm. it's like look i'm taking care of three already i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna be like uh you know the cat
2: lady in the simpsons (laughs) throwing
3: cats (laughs) (laughs) then jonathan used to have four big st bernards
1: yep and uh puppies uh they had a litter of i think four or five uh when he was at his old place you'd
3: go you'd go into this one room where there were these giant cages <laughs> and then it was like four big ass dogs they were all sweet but stormy
1: I mean. well they used to show them oh, yeah. uh and stormy was their their prize saint and yeah. uh they came up to louisville for a for a dog show mm-hmm. and uh stayed at my place and that was the biggest crate i've ever seen in my entire life it was like I could fit two of me in that mm-hmm, crate. Mm-hmm. It took up our entire living room. we oh, should yeah. try it. I crawled in there. Yeah, oh, it was it was fine.
3: It was fine. It was fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, they uh, they used to do dog shows. I went to a dog show in uh, Murfreesboro with them one time, and uh, it's extremely like best in show. Oh, it's sure extremely it like best I in show. No du- I have no doubt. My two that are um, that are uh, tiny. I feel like the tinier the dog, the yappier they are. Yeah, generally. Uh, you know, Jazz, the my my that I had for 15 years, she'd bark every once in a while, but not like incessantly. Mm-hmm. These two are just like. Mm-hmm. I hate you so much. I want to
2: kill you. Yep. Yes. Yep. You should get a Basinji. What? A Basinji. They're barkless dogs. <laughs>
1: Are you serious? You I, just made that up. I did not. That's what a, is a, bas, a Basenji?
2: Yeah, it's a a dog bred to be barkless.
1: See, I don't want that. I want a dog that will let me know if if some shit's going down, but not like a boy who cried See, wolf. See, you type just of found
2: thing. it. I'm not pulling shit out of my ass. That's real.
1: You said shat. Pulling pulling shat out of your. I'm not pulling shat
2: out of my ass. It's a real breed. Oh, it's a pretty dog. Yeah, they're they're very cool looking. They're barkless, huh? I think they're mostly barkless. Huh. I don't think you can actually. I don't think you can actually remove the vocal cord. Produces chords. an
3: unusual yodel-like sound <laughs> due to its unusually shaped larynx.
2: There you go. So
3: instead of barking, he <laughs> says recorder. <all!" laughs> He's like, we got this dog because it doesn't bark, and then all of a sudden, it's like yodel 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 yodel.
2: That that's uh, awesome. That should be like a, a premise. Like this dog never barks. You're gonna love it. Mm-hmm. Oh great! You take it home and it like <laughs> it cusses at you. It's got later hose and it's got an Italian New York accent. Like yeah. oh get out of my way, <laughs> bitch! But it never barks. That's right. Ever.
3: He's I wasn't lying. <laughs>
1: there's there's a little story arc and happy endings that show that I love. Uh, where is it? Alicia. Uh, not Cuthbert? Uh Cuthbert. Is it Alicia Cuth- Cuthbert? Al- yes, Alicia. <laughs> Alicia Cuthbert uh, is like the dumb one in the group. And uh, she gets, because at her store, she doesn't have anybody to talk to. So she gets a parrot. But the parrot is racist <laughs> because it's been raised by like a like a Nazi. <laughs> no. And so every time she talks to him, he's like, white power. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Ashton Kutcher, Sam Elliott. Um... I, I heard good things. show has a 7.5, but the episodes have like 8.9, as it always is.
3: Yeah, uh, it sounds like uh, you shouldn't even be able to rate the series on a whole if you haven't watched like a whole bunch of episodes. Because you, you know that's people watching the first episode and going, This sucks! And then everybody else who likes it is like, I love it. And so it has this weird 7.0 or 6.9. And then you go to the episodes and i think Chappelle's show may have a have an opposite thing where it's the show is like eight point something but each individual episode is like 6.9 or something really throughout. interesting yeah interesting i Probably think a bunch of fucking racists could be uh but I, I i i it has some it has that kind of dynamic it may be the normal dynamic where episodes are rated highly but i think people are going i love Chappelle show and then each individual episode for some reason even the ones that are that have the classic shit in it mm, aren't really it, it,
1: it, like super high oh fuck a bunch of that man so, imdb is weird it is uh except for the goofs we love the goofs we love it. the goofs <laughs> oh alicia Cuthbert is five two and a half mm. just in case she
2: lost an inch in the last 30 seconds half an inch it was uh, a Mike Comrie she married. Ooh, I think you're... No, no. j, j. Dan,
1: Dion,
2: Dion Phaneuf. Dion <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go.
1: I was in the uh, grocery store the other day and heard um, the Radioactive song.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a good song. mm That's a good song. Uh-huh. I hated it because it was played so much. Yeah. I think it's a good song, though.
2: Mm. I, think, I think half their songs are balls and half of them are good. They're, a, they're the weirdest band to me. Yeah. I
1: agree. That thunder song can eat my fucking. Thunder ah,
2: my it makes me want to. And punch there's a that one,
3: <laughs> there's punch that one punch bunch of nuns. <laughs> <of> nun. <laughs> there was that one song that they did that was on Epic Awesome Videos uh, for a bit and it was that you're a natural Uh and all that and i hate the song but i hate it even more because of the video because he's always doing all these little moves and shit during the video and i'm like fuck (laughs) you dude this song isn't nearly as badass as you think it is Mm.
1: dan reynolds what a fucking guy yeah (laughs) what a guy what i don't know what that means (laughs) 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 (laughs)
2: A most unspeakable charge has been brought against me. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. The fuck that, was that? Uh, Ridley Scott, The Last Duel with Ben, ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Adam Driver. Mm. Uh, but Ben Affleck is blonde. Okay. On top and that's, on the goatee. That's and it, striking. But it really looks bad. That is... And then uh, Damon has like a, a sandy blonde mullet. And those two costume choices alone may sink that movie. Yeah. Because... <laughs> otherwise I don't, I don't i don't know if there's anything for me to complain about there other than no, Rid- ridley yeah. scott does a historical swords like and sandals Kingdom of
1: heaven or whatever right yeah
2: but adam driver's great but uh, ben affleck
1: blonde ben affleck i don't i don't know about that yeah. jody comer huh is the uh do we know jody comer i don't
2: know
3: think Is that I've the i think i've heard the name but i don't
1: remember she's in killing eve and she's the 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 chica in uh free guy Oh, uh, that movie—the one that's supposed to come out like eight years ago. <laughs>
2: yeah, not so sure about that. Uh, I'm starting to lose a little favor with uh, Ryan Reynolds, just because. Just he doesn't stop.
1: He's got one speed these days. Shit. He's got one speed.
2: He did that. He did a Deadpool reaction video to the Free Guy trailer. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah.
2: I just
3: and. It wasn't that good. It's got like eight million views. Yeah, and it's really just you watching the trailer, and then every once in a while, him cutting back to him and Korg, and just kind of like yeah. commenting yeah. here and there. It's yeah. not really that funny.
2: Yeah,
1: no. no. Um, yeah. did he ever do any drama? Drama? Yeah, oh, she done, did. Uh, he did Mississippi Grind. He's done
2: plenty. He's, he's done, done a lot of safe done a lot of drama. drama. What was it? Safe House. That one he did with uh, Oh, Safe House. He's Wonder bad at that though.
3: And and he's even done comedies where he's not doing that thing that he's been known for since Van Wilder. It's uh, uh, Just Friends was one. And,
1: oh, was he not uh, his regular self and just no. white? No. And
3: then does uh, is another drama. Buried yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. And uh, then you have the romantic comedy, the one that has Isla Fisher and uh, uh, Abigail Breslin and Rachel Vice, and it's the one where she, he's telling the story about his uh, meeting. Oh, her mom. How I
2: Met Your Mother, the movie. How I
3: Met Your Mother, the movie. Yeah. Um, um, is it like truly madly deep? No, it's not truly madly deep. it's Something uh, like something that. like that.
2: Uh, the story of our love and <laughs> <us>. true <laughs> stories. This is us. This yeah, is it's us. How I met your <laughs> <mom>. Karina. Karina, <laughs> a, a, a little black book, <laughs> a little, a little black book, nanny diaries. <laughs> Shit.
1: Dan in real life. <laughs>
3: Dan in real life. Definitely maybe. Definitely, Definitely maybe. maybe. What a fucking thing. stupid title.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I guess he wanted to be historically accurate to it that to character. That. It
2: has to be that.
1: There's no but, other reason to make him blonde. If you can make Tom Cruise into Jack Reacher, who's supposed to be six nine or something like that, you can keep Affleck's
2: hair. Yeah, nobody's brown. gonna watch that movie and go
3: in real Thank life God. that could... actually
2: the IMDB goofs would be In real life that man's hair was blonde. <laughs> Pulled me out of the movie completely. hmm Yep.
1: <laughs> and somehow, because Matt Damon is in it, you'll have watched this seventy times in the next like two years from now.
2: Maybe. I haven't watched Great Wall more than the one time. Oh, thank God. Matt Damon was. Even in that.
1: Damon doesn't like that. He he did an interview for Stillwater Press where he was like, you know, my daughter uh, gives me shit. She she comes up and she's like, Oh, weren't you in he's like, Do you want to watch Goodwill Hunting? And she's like, No, weren't you in the wall? And he's like, it was called the Great Wall. Mm -hmm. And she was like, there's nothing great about it. (laughs)